here. Isn't that awesome? He shows up. I love it. We're going to keep going, all right? There's a, there's a thing I want to teach today. It, it'll be short, shorter, all right? Open to Exodus 19. I do want to say, if you'd like to come back tonight for a revival focus, a revival gathering from five to six, we'll be right in here in this room. I want to say also this next Sunday, we have a special revival service, all right? I'd love for you to bring someone with you. We're going to have a team from Bethel. We're going to have students from Bethel. If you've never been around people from Bethel or people that have gone through their school, they bring heaven to earth. They prophesy. They see miracles, signs, and wonders, and that's what I expect to see this next week. And so I'd like for you to just join me, bring someone, invite someone, and then pray into that for this week. Amen. And then that next Monday, uh, March 7th at 7 p.m. right here, we're going to have prayer. So thank you for that. We'll take up the offering at the end. Some of you have already done that. Um, But in Exodus chapter 19, we're going to be doing, the Bible tells us that the, the reason we gather, there are all kinds of reasons. We gather for unity. We gather to strengthen one another, to bear one another's burdens. But he says that he gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, so that they could equip the saints. Everyone say, I'm a saint. I'm I'm not a sinner. I'm not even a sinner saved by grace. We're saints. And he says that he gave the fivefold, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. He gave these offices and gifts to the church to equip the saints. Everyone say, to equip the saints. So there's no bench in the church. There's no ministers and non-ministers in the church. The people who speak in the mic are not the only ministers in a church. The people who lead with an instrument are not the only ministers in a church. The people who lead the nursery are not the only ministers in the church. We're all ministers and saints, and we're to be equipped And that's what we're here for. We're not here to hear a good message and music and have a good time. That comes with it. We're here to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Amen? How many know that? We're saints. We've been called by God as saints, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have been called to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, to do the ministry of reconciliation. And so in in, uh, Exodus chapter 19, I'm going to start with verse 3. It says, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, This you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the sons of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. There he is. He's reminding them of his faithfulness and how he delivered them. And he goes, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession. You shall be my people. Come on. Among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine. And then verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of kings and priests. Would you all say that with me? A kingdom of kings and priests. All right. Let's go to, Revel- let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 1. So it's in the beginning, it's in Exodus, and then it's all the way in the end. Revelation 1, verse 4. And this is to the seven churches who are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, the eternal one. Amen? And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. 
and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Let me just pause here. Jesus is the king of all the kings and the rulers of the earth. There's a lot of turmoil going on right now. There's upheaval, there's, there's war, there's rumors of war, there are things going on. And we would, it would be easy for us to look at a, a president or a leader of a country and make them an enemy. But God is the king of all the kings of the earth. And he can turn their hearts. The Bible even says that he turns the hearts of kings. And so when we think about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and the things going on in other places of the world, we should pray with this in mind and we should, na- we should name Putin and say, God, you allowed Putin to be in the place he's in. And I ask that you would turn his heart in Jesus' name. And then he says, to the loved ones, to, the, those, to him who loved us and washed us from our own sins in his blood, and he has made us kings and priests to God. To him be the glory forever. And then let's go to Revelation 5. Verse 8. And it says, now when he had taken the scroll, Jesus is the only one worthy to open the scrolls. So when he takes the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Come on. I want to give them something to work with. (laughs) Their bowl of incense that they're pouring out before the lamb of God are the prayers of who? Us, the saints. And they sing a new song. Come on, a new song for a new season. And they sing this song, it's new. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. Now how cool is this? We used to be set apart from the promises of God. We as Gentiles, We're set outside of the promises God had made. So Jesus came in and he brought us in and made all his promises yes for us as well. And then he goes on and he says, from every tribe, come on, how many are from a different country? Every tribe, every tongue, yeah. Every people and every nation, he did what? He made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth with him. Hmm. What's the point of all of this? We are all a kingdom of kings and priests, and we are called to be equipped to do the ministry of the, of the gospel, the ministry of the work of Jesus, the ministry of the kingdom. We've been called into the ministry. There is no secular and sacred. How many of you have ever felt that? You don't have to raise your hand or anything. How many of you have ever felt that before? Like, well, you know, I'm a data entry person in my office, and so that's not really holy or sacred. Well, I'm, I'm a teacher at school. Or, you know, I, are you kidding me? Every single one of those things are sacred unto God. There is no dividing line between the secular and the sacred. How many of you have ever even said this? I have a secular job. No, you don't. You don't have a secular job. None of us do. Everything, if we do it unto the Lord, everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. You do your job, it's sacred. It's unto the Lord. It's ministry unto God. 
Whatever we do, whether it's in word or deed, do it with all of our might as unto the Lord. Amen? So there is no dividing line between the ministry and the secular, or the sacred and the secular, or people who are vocational ministers and people that just come to church. There is no line. You know, it's, it is kind of weird we have a stage, because it, it shouldn't be this way. We're all in this thing together, and we're all here to be equipped with one another, and I think the stage sometimes sends a really wrong message, and I understand why we have it, I understand all this stuff for it, but for the purposes of today, just track with me. You're not sitting here looking up here at the ministers. Every one of us are ministers. As a matter of fact, um, Martin Luther, when he, when he came in and he came with his revolution, right? He said, he, he used the term, there's a priesthood of all believers. He came up with that term. Did you know that? Martin Luther in 14, 1500, 1495 or 15, whatever it was. I don't know. I did not look it up. I can't remember. But he nailed his 95 theses to the, to the church door against the, 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 the church at the time that was making rules that weren't in the Bible, right? And what they did was they kept a line between the people that ministered unto God as ministers and the people who came to the churches, and they were like, you're less than and we're better than. As a matter of fact, you don't even have the Bible. We'll tell you what it says because it's easier to control people that don't know what's in the book. Yeah. So he's like, this isn't, this isn't okay. There is a priesthood of all believers, every single one of us. And he even went this far. He said, every individual has direct access to God. This is how he was breaking the barriers. Every single person has direct access to God. Amen? He was saying, you don't have to go through a priestly mediation. You have the same priest as Jesus. He's the high priest forever. There's no need for other priests to go through. Jesus Christ is the priest forever. You, every single one of us, have access to that priest. And he continues. And he goes, and every believer shall share the responsibility of ministering to the other members in the community who believe. We share the responsibility of ministry. When Luther referred to the priesthood of all believers, he was saying this, and I'm just going to read exactly what he said. The plowboy and the milkmaid do priestly work. In fact, their plowing and milking is priestly work. So there was no hierarchy where the priesthood was a vocation and milking the cows was not a vocation. Both were tasks that God called his followers to do, each according to their own gift. So your job, whether it's secular or sacred, is not secular anymore. It's all holy unto the Lord. We're a kingdom of kings and priests. Amen? Would you say this with me? Everything is sacred. See, if we do it unto the Lord, everything becomes sacred. Amen. Amen. That's really good news. Yeah. Because I grew up, and you'd hear terms like, man, one of these days, I, I would like to be in the ministry. Like, this was language that we use. Like, that's a really weird thing to say. We're all in the ministry. Every one of us, no one's exempt. You're like, well, I don't, I don't really know what my part is. Well, you're doing it right now. Just do it unto the Lord and then let it benefit other people. Do it unto the Lord and make sure that you help, help it benefit other people. 
Now it's ministry. It's sacred. It changes people's lives. I'm going to go through as much of this as I can real quick. Five keys to this. Number one, we have direct access to God. We have direct access to Jesus. How many have ever felt like my prayers would be answered if I got like 17 people to help me pray? I got to call everybody. No, you got to help me pray right now because if we all, if we get enough people to pray, it'll happen. How many knows it just takes one person who leans in and pulls on the heart of God? Now, I love asking people to help me pray. There's an encouragement that happens there, but it's not required to move God because I have direct access to him. Not even if it's not on Sunday. Imagine that. Even if it's in the middle of the night. You can hear his voice. How many knows we were created by God? So if we were created by God, then we have to be able to hear his voice. That would be a cruelness to make it where we can't hear him. Or as if it was something we had to attain to be able to hear him. No, we were born with an innate ability to hear his voice. Did you know you can get your needs met directly from God? Because I have direct access. So guess whose responsibility my wholeness is? It's my responsibility. My relationship with God is my responsibility because I have direct access. And if we will all do this, If we'll all step into this priesthood of all believers and we're all going after God and having direct access and becoming ministers and everything's becoming sacred, then we do come together. Then we're equipped to do the ministry even better when we go back out there and it changes the whole culture of a church. Number two, so number one, we have direct access to God. Number two, we actually can minister to God. This is a really big deal. Because in the Old Covenant, only certain people from a certain tribe who went through certain ceremonial things could minister to God. A very, very few people could actually come before God and and minister to him. But when Jesus came, he made it where every single one of us can actually minister to God. Did you know that my first priority in life is to minister to God? I am supposed to minister unto God. That's the praise. That's the thanksgiving. It's just bragging on him. It's just leaning my heart towards him. It's just being ready for him to do whatever he wants, to obey him. I have a responsibility to minister to God, and I love that. So when we come together and we worship together, how how many have ever just been in the room? There's been many times, especially recently, where you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, the Lord is here. Do you know why that happens? It's not just because the worship team prayed extra or asked for extra. It means that everyone in here brought their ministry to the Lord together at the same time, and it creates a momentum. It pulls all of us in together. It's like all of us are bringing our gift of ministry to God together, and we call that a great worship service. But all it is is all of us ministering to God at the same time together in a room. And I like those atmospheres the best. Like you don't know what's going to happen next. Because the way I minister to God is one way. But you may minister to him a completely different way. 
I may be the crier in the room, and you may be the crazy person that jumps around dancing, right? But our ministry before God, it breaks stuff in the atmosphere as we go together as a kingdom of kings and priests. Number three, we minister to others. I'm going to add something there. We minister to ourselves. David said, we strengthen ourselves in the Lord. It's my job to strengthen myself in the Lord. And as I do this and I minister to God and then I minister to myself, come on, then I minister to others because he's in us for us. He's on us for other people. (laughs) All right, let's go on. I want you to look at it like when we think of ministering to other people, I want us to look at it like this. He treated people well by meeting their needs. Jesus treated people well by meeting their needs. He goes to his first miracle. He's at a wedding. They run out of wine. What does Jesus do? He makes wine for them. And they're like, that's the best wine we've ever had. And he made it out of water. Jesus feeds the 5,000. They'd been with him for days. He's teaching them. And he's like, hey, guys, give them something to eat. Minister to them. And you know the thing. We don't have anything. He's like, well, what do you have? And then he breaks it and blesses them. And he feeds them. He's like, give them something to eat. So we're like waiters. Can I be cheesy for a minute? I'm going to anyway. I don't really have any other. Like, that's my thing, right? I'm going to be a little bit cheesy. But we're ministers. And we're waiters. And we're We're serving reconciliation to people. We come up to someone, oh, you don't like the sickness you got? You didn't order that sickness? Can I bring you something else? Come on. I told you I'm going to be cheesy. It doesn't matter. Wait, the marriage in your love is growing cold. Let me take it back and bring you a hot marriage. Hello? This is what we're doing, ministry of reconciliation. We're simple waiters and waitresses serving people. Number four, we have a prophetic role. So as ministers and as a kingdom of kings and priests, we're prophetic because we minister directly, directly to God. We minister to him. We minister to ourselves and to others. We hear his voice, and then we prophesy. Prophecy is not some scary word. All it is is you hear what God says, and if he tells you to tell someone to repeat it, you repeat it. And it edifies, it encourages, it builds people up, it comforts people, it cheers people on, it says don't stop, keep going, you're doing a good job. It does all of that stuff. And then the last thing, I told you I'd run through it quick. We are supernatural. We're not just natural ministers. Let me, let me say this. Anyone can feed the homeless. Should we feed the homeless? Absolutely. He tells us to do it. Watch after the widows. Watch after the orphans. Watch out out for those that are on the edges of society. He tells us to look after those people. But anyone can give bread to someone who's hungry. But if someone's hungry, and you think that's a natural thing, right? Oh, I'm just, it's natural. I just gave him bread. Not to the person who was hungry. To the person who's hungry, you just doing a natural thing and saying, here's a meal, became spiritual to them. Because we did it. 
and we met a need. And Jesus even said to them, you don't believe me because you saw this and you saw that. You believe me because you ate the bread. (laughs) She's like, well, we can do natural things. No, we don't just do natural things, provide school supplies for a kid in need. Oh, that's a really natural thing to do, right? Really simple. Not to that kid. It's spiritual to that kid. Oh, I just gave a hug to them because they just looked lost and they needed a hug. It's just natural, not to that person. There's nothing natural when we're a kingdom of kings and priests. It's all supernatural. Every bit of it. And if it doesn't work in the natural world, then it's not going to represent the kingdom very well. What I mean by that is if I look at someone who's cold and I walk by them and say, man, I wish you well, I hope you're warm later, and I have a jacket to give them, that's not a representation of the kingdom to them. The kingdom is, ah, I only have one jacket, you're cold, take my jacket, here you go, don't be cold anymore. All of a sudden, the kingdom has come near by a natural action in the physical realm, but it came from another realm. And so things have to be done in the natural so that people can see what the kingdom looks like. That's why Jesus taught in parables. That's why Jesus did very practical miracles. He, he's like, huh, how can I tell you how the kingdom is? Oh, it's like a man who sowed seed in the field. Oh, how can I tell you how the kingdom is? Oh, it's like this. He would take a natural thing that made sense and was true, and he would say, you know how that's true in the natural? Now in the kingdom, That's how it is in the kingdom. And people would make the connection between, oh, everything's sacred. Everything's supernatural. He's involved in all of my life. There's no dividing line. He's not there and we're here. He's everywhere. Because we're supernatural people. We are all ministers of this new covenant. We are equipped to do good works. Amen? He said even greater things. He said, the things you've seen me do, you're going to do those things and even greater things. How could he make such a big claim? He knew. He knew. We are anointed because his Holy Spirit is in us. He's on us. Amen? And you're activated. I remember a few weeks, months back, Like, no more sleeper agents. We're all activated now. The code word has been said, and we have now been called into activation. We are no longer in sleeper cells. There's no secular sacred. You're not just a person who comes to church and sits on the seat. We're all part of the team. We're all here to bring glory to God. We're all here to make sure people know that there is a Jesus who actually paid for our sins. There is a good news of the kingdom. There is a gospel message that's true. And it's not just true for later when we die. It has real life, come on, practical implications for us. He's like, don't walk by that person who doesn't have a coat. That's not spiritual. Do something. Don't just say, oh, I'm so sorry, you're hungry. Give them food to eat because it becomes supernatural when we do it. 
So all there's a lot of people in our church that are really good at doing little things that no one sees. And you think it's just little natural stuff. I'm just doing my little part. No, you're doing amazing supernatural work. Keep doing it. But here's what will happen. If you begin to think of it as supernatural, you'll begin to see different impact because of it. Because we're a kingdom of kings and priests. There is no hierarchy. There's this song by Pat Barrett. Um, what's that song we do of his recently? Well, yeah, I Will Build My Life. The same guy that wrote that song has a song called, um, I don't remember the title, but he says, I want to, to know there's no line between the secular and the sacred. And the whole song is just a prayer about that. I'm like, dude, that's, I'm just weeping listening to this song. And I was like, Lord, you've got to help us to see there is no division. Like, there's no Jared at church, Jared at home. There's no Jared at, in worship, Jared driving the car. <laughs> there's no division. There's no dividing line. And you and me, we're all a kingdom of kings and priests. We're all ministers of this new covenant. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do it. That's, that's our job. It's our job is to equip the saints, to help you know best. That's one of the reasons we did, we started the revival group stuff because we found out that a lot of people are like, I don't really even know how to preach the gospel or to tell someone about Jesus. You're like, we've been in church. Like, what have we been doing if we haven't been teaching people to do that? That should be like the first thing we learn, okay? You got saved, now here's how you help someone else get saved. Like, okay, look, you were drowning, someone threw you a life vest or a a, a lifesaver, you get out, first thing you should know, hey, next time, here's a lifesaver. If you see someone in trouble, now you save someone. It should just be that simple. And we haven't done that. So we're going to equip the saints. We're gonna get a lot more basic. We got too fancy. We got too, like, in our brains about stuff. And we're here to equip a kingdom of kings and priests. Do you know, you know, there are, there are businesswomen and businessmen that their job is to go out there and build products and make tons of money and they give it into the kingdom. And I I have, I have a, my, I I have someone that I know that these people are so busy. They're all over the place. They can't even hardly come to church because they're always gone. And someone was like, oh, isn't it a problem that these people don't ever come to church? No, it's not a problem. They're serving God. When they're able to be here, they're here. They don't make an excuse. They're not trying to dodge, you know, community. But they're building a massive kingdom that's feeding people all over the world and doing ministry. They're doing the work of Jesus. And we think it's all got to happen in here. No, it's supposed to happen out there. This is an equipping center. And if this becomes a really good equipping center, we won't ever have to worry about, well, there's too many empty chairs. Well, the, the biz, all the business owners are out this week because they're busy, so there's, there's empty chairs. No, there'll be people in here that just got saved. It won't matter because we're doing the work of the kingdom. Like T.D. Jakes used to say, I just drive the bus. I don't worry about who gets in, who gets off the bus. I just drive the bus. And that's what we're, we're, we're doing, right? Like, <laughs> sorry. <sighs> Kingdom of kings and priests, you guys. <laughs> All right, why don't you stand? <laughs>
if we do everything unto the Lord, everything is sacred. There is no division. Amen. No sidelines. There's no subs. Like subbing you in. No, no, don't tap your head. Like, um, I need a sub. Nope, no subs. We're all in the game. We're all in the game. No one's sitting back. Amen. Once you pray into that, come on. God, activate me. I want to be a kingdom of kings and priests. I want to be an active agent of ministry. Break the line I've drawn between secular and sacred. Between what I call holy and what I call unholy. Yeah. Raise up in fire life a kingdom of kings and priests from every tribe. Oh, from every nation, every people group, every age group, every demographic, God, raise up a tribe of king of, of kings and priests. Yeah, God. I just see an army. I just see an army of people waiting to be activated. Holy Spirit, activate us. Come on. Would you pray that? Holy Spirit, activate me. Yeah. Holy Spirit, activate me. Breathe life into me. Animate me. Make me alive. Awaken me to our purpose. together and pray but I want to read I'm going to read the lyrics to this song as a prayer teach me that it all belongs that everything is sacred I eat the bread I drink the wine help me love my neighbor show me how to hold this life because I don't want to waste it no I don't want to waste it oh heaven is upside down it can be here now I'm seeing it all around that everything is sacred. The ordinary shines and glows filled with your intentions. You don't see the lines we draw between secular and sacred. Show me how to hold this life because I don't want to waste it. Heaven is upside down and it can be here now. I'm seeing it all around. Everything is sacred. And then it finishes this praise. Life is a gift and the giver is good. Heaven is upside down. 
there are no lights. for your near neighbor person next to you. Pray that they become activated, that they would see their ministry. Come on. God, reveal your ministry. Reveal your ministry to us. (laughs) Show us that natural thing we do that can become supernatural if we do it as unto you. (sighs) I know you've, you've had this conviction building in me that even mowing my yard and taking care of that is ministry because it's unto you. Taking care of stuff, it's ministry because it's unto you. shift since all of COVID and everything on how we measure. How's the church healthy? We used to think church was healthy with good attendance and offerings were good and the buildings taken care of and, and all those things are important. But what they're finding now and they're saying the most important thing to prove a church is healthy is engagement. Is engagement. Like you can look at numbers online and that doesn't mean anything. Oh, big deal. 200 people watched the, the thing. 200 people listened to the podcast. Big deal. Did anyone send their prayer request in? Did anyone actually engage? That's what matters. So I, I want to pray one more time that, that we would become engaged with what God's doing. Yeah. Why don't you pray?
Gideon had an army of, what, 32,000? But only 300 were engaged. And that's all he needed. <laughs> yeah. I bless you. If you want prayer for anything, we'll want to be here at the front. If you brought your offerings in person, we have the buckets as well. You guys, God's doing something really good, really good. I hope that you're experiencing it in your family, because if not, then we're missing it. We want every family to do well. We want you to, to be well and to prosper even as your soul prospers. So I just declare that over you, that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. We love you. Thank you for being here. 